Hi, and welcome back to What's in the Box, the Doctor Who podcast that invites you to discuss your favourite or recommended things from the world of Doctor Who. I'm still here with Mr. Daniel Knight. He's already talked about his favourite missing episode, which was Fury from the Deep. And and now we're going to move on to something a little bit different. And uh, it's uh, it's quite an interesting one because uh, I don't know what it is other than it being your favourite action figure. So I am I am very intrigued about this. I purposely asked you not to tell me so I could be surprised with yeah. it. Okay. Well, you know, we're grown men, but we have children. So now we've got a good excuse to buy action figures. Um, and I, I, I turned 50 this year and... Um, my wife said, well, is there anything you'd like, anything special you'd like? I said, well, I quite like a, 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 a first thing that came to my head, I'd like a Zygon. So I got a Zygon. I, got, I actually got two Zygons for my birthday. Um, that's not the, that's not my favourite figure, although mm-hmm. they are some of my favourite monsters. Um, but it's, it is, I mean, the, the, the B&M range is, is quite, they're, they're, they're very good, but quite frustrating in the lack of, um, you know, uh, proper distribution in terms of you know fine so when i found this one um uh, i was visiting my parents in oxfordshire and i, I said well i'm just going to pop to b&m and my wife sort of rolled her eyes and <laughs> i'd been given some money for my birthday or christmas or something so um uh yep so i went to b&m um in in abingdon where my parents live and i bought my favorite oh which is I'm holding up for for Jim. I'm holding up my <laughs> robot, which um, is I just think is uh, not yeah not just my favourite action figure, and he's kept well out of the way of of, of my children. <laughs> <laughs> um, and occasionally that I, I do let them, but the the feet are a little bit have a tendency to to fall to to, to fall off. But um, it is I mean I'd. I'm of the generation that remembers the the Dennis Fisher toys, mm. um, and I didn't get a giant robot, and it looked quite a good, and I uh, quite a good figure. I didn't. I only had the the TARDIS and the Doctor and the K9. I wasn't allowed Leela because Leela was a doll, um, and I'd already got a Dalek as well, and I didn't get the Cyberman, which I'm kind of glad because it doesn't really look like it doesn't look that good. It's got a nose, men no. don't yeah. have noses. Um, <laughs> But the, yeah, the the giant robot looked really good, and it is quite a an impressive. Can you call it a costume? Yeah, I guess it is. I mean, it is a costume because yeah. it was worn by. Um, it's the actor who played him, um, Michael Kil- Michael Kilgariff. 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 Yes. Yeah, it is such an impressive um, design mm. by James Atchison, who we all know has gone on to you know win Oscars for films and yeah. works worked on the Spider Man movies and things like that. Um, and also created the the costume for Tom Tom Baker's Doctor, mm. and I just think it's such a good design and such a good figure. It does have a little habit of not being able. Oh, it's standing. Oh wow, Sometimes has a little <laughs> bit of an issue with standing up. And um, I, I would I would have loved to have had one of these as a kid. I mean, I would love to have had any Doctor Who figures as a kid. Um, I did have Star Wars figures, but they were very much a, a, a replacement um, yeah. for Doctor Who instead of Doctor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because because of that, I now associate Star Wars as being as being something from my childhood and, and for kids rather than rather than Doctor Who. For Doctor Who, as a kid, it was more books and magazines, so sort of that sort of felt a bit more grown up. But yeah, I'm enjoying having a second childhood and 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 occasionally treating myself to um, 
to to adopt your action figure, which I think, uh, interesting enough, they're all sort of Tom Baker era doctors, uh, uh, Tom Baker era monsters and, and figures that I, that I would like. Well, I think it's uh, it's a fantastic era for for monster design, mm-hmm. uh, the the Baker era. Absolutely, I mean the the robot is just uh, fascinating, fascinating costume. And uh, you know, again, like you say, the Zygons as well. And yeah. you know, the Suntarans. Uh, Suntarans came the the year before Tom appeared on the scene, but it's such a an inventive period for monster design that yeah. uh yeah it's great that um that we're able to get so many action figures of all of these well not all of them but uh but quite a quite a vast majority of them i've actually got the the giant robot's arm i think because mm-hmm. at some point in the noughties they were releasing bits of him with different figures and i think yes. i got yeah yeah, I got Tom Baker. So I got the fourth doctor and within that packet was the arm. And I think it was kind of enticing you to buy to buy all of them to create the to create the robot. Now, unfortunately, I, I didn't uh, I didn't get any of the other bits. So uh, somewhere in a box is is his arm. No, it's uh, it's it is a fantastic design. And um, we spoke a little bit off off mic about uh, about collecting the Daleks as well. And uh, I do think it's a fantastic thing that we're that we're being treated to all of these different releases uh, of different figures i mean i i never would have imagined that we'd that we'd be in a in a world where we could buy patrick trout and, and a tardis or a, a figure of bernard horsefall from <laughs> the deadly assassin i mean it's just insane when you think about it you know that we, we can get these things yeah, I mean, you've got the, the companions of the fourth Doctor, so you've got Sarah Jane and the two Romanas. I mean, that's mm. that would have been, yeah, that would have been top of my Christmas list had these figures been released sort of 40-odd years before. But, um, I mean, I didn't, like I said, I didn't collect them when they started bringing them out because I thought, well, I'm, I'm a grown-up. I don't really need to have action figures. Then I had my nephews. Um, my nephews were born, or well, my nephews have been born before Doctor Who started and they started watching it. And I remember buying one of my nephews, his birthday was in September, is in September. And I bought him three Daleks. There was the three Daleks. There was one from from Genesis, one from the the Genesis Dalek, Dead Dead Planet Dalek. And I think there was the Gold Dalek from Day of the Daleks. They they had three in in the box set. Yeah, um, and then I sort of he he was he was absolutely uh, overjoyed to get these, um, and they've still got them, although they're in various bits of <laughs> di- disrepair. And then his his older brother was sort of slightly looking slightly jealous, and it was his birthday the following month in October. And I said, "What would you like? Would you like some Daleks for your birthday, Billy?" And he said, "Yes." <laughs> so yeah, so I was, I was a very proud grand, but very proud uncle, sort of you know. By my by my nephew's um, action figures, and then thinking, I quite like these myself, but I can't really, yeah, you know, I can't really buy them because I'm, I haven't, you know, I'm an, I'm a grown man. I shouldn't really be buying these things. <laughs> now I've got children. Yeah, I think perfect yeah, excuse. <laughs> perfect excuse. And we have got some B and M's around, fairly local to us, but they're not very good at, not very great at um, release, at getting all the all the releases. And the the recent ones with uh, with. Um, you know the three David Tennants. We've got a David Tennant already. There's no point in and three Paul. We don't need three more Paul McGanns or another no. Christopher Eccleston or another Jamie Whittaker. But yeah, I I'm, I've, I have been told we don't need any more Daleks. But, uh, <laughs> I'm, so I'm 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 happy that I've got my giant robot. 
which I've, you know, about 40 years too late to get it. And I know it's, it's, it's smaller than the, than, than the, the Dennis Fisher one, but it's, it's more accurate and it's, uh, it stands very nicely on, on, on the top shelf next to my three, my, well, my four Daleks and my two Zygons and my Davros. And I do also have this, there's also the Tom Baker that came with, with it. And, uh, eight year old me would have been absolutely tickled pink yeah. to these things. Um, and now I've got an, a, you know, an eight year old son and a seven year old son. They, they do like playing with them and the three year old as well. He's, he's quite, it's quite funny watching him say exterminate, exterminate. <laughs> I mean, my, my son, the other day, I've still got because as as a as a kid, I collected some of the Daypole uh, figures, and I, the Daleks are long long since gone, and the TARDIS, and I never had the console. Um, my friend did, and I was a bit jealous about that. But um, I've uh, I've still got I've still got the Cyberman, I've still got Mel and the Ice Warrior, and Tom Baker without a scarf, which was a bizarre choice, and um, the seventh doctor and ace i've still got them and i i spotted my son playing with the daypole figures the other day because they're just in a box they're not they're not on display because they're, they're i mean they stood the test of time but they're they're not they're not in the best condition and he was um he'd had because he's getting to an age now where he's sort of paying attention to because he's six he's sort of paying attention to what's going on in the story now rather mm. than just watching it for a few minutes and then going away and doing something else so he sat and watched a few weeks ago he sat and watched the entirety of uh the stolen earth and he was completely glued to the screen um mm-hmm. and this the, the other week he was watching he watched uh the pandorica opens and then a little bit later on i caught him with the little mel figure and he was pretending it was amy pond and oh. <laughs> uh, it, it was playing on the uh, it was playing on the side with it um and we've got a little canine as well and uh and i, I was like oh no that, that that her name's actually mel um yeah and he was like well so he he uh he was learning to say the word melanie and um <laughs> he said well i said to him oh well you you might get to see melanie on screen again soon so <laughs> yeah. but um yeah the daypole figures were uh they were great at the time and i was really excited when they when they released them because i was probably about eight nine ten years old so i was uh, i was i was just overjoyed that we were getting some form of action yeah. figures but definitely what we get now and i think we were we were very very spoilt when doctor who came back in the mid noughties but what we have now is uh, is is still great and i do hope that with russell being back and maybe pushing pushing things on the merchandise front a little bit more that we might get yeah. a, a new a new wave of figures come along that aren't just exclusive to b&ms yeah i think there's been sort of like because of cutbacks with the bbc and you know the, their budget sort of been shrinking they've, they've not been able to release as many licenses i think or there's been there's, they've had to sort of you know cut back on things and that's why that's why um character options rely on b&m to do all their or most of their their distribution because um they, they were sort of running out of um sort of options with shops selling them and uh it, it was quite sad really but yeah i mean i think yeah, these 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 things are meant to be played with and my yeah they the children do okay my two son, my three sons do occasionally get the, the giant robot out i mean they they have um we sort of take pictures of them and they sort of put them in poses and we sort of set up sort of dioramas and um with the older two and uh it's quite it's it's good fun they they enjoy it and they've got their own figures i mean we've got all of the doctors 
apart from 14. Um, and we've got quite a few companions and quite a few monsters, which we found. We found some of the newer, new se- the modern series ones. Like we've got Nude and in fact, some, I think I bought um, a Weeping Angel myself to put on top of a Christmas tree. It was back in the days before <laughs> I was married. Then um, my wife sort of said, it would be nice if we have a proper angel or a star on the top and our Christmas tree rather than a a weeping angel. I said, okay, fair enough. (laughs) Um, So I've still got the weeping angel and a few Cybermen that the boys have had for their birthday and they've got their Daleks. But yeah, and I'm I'm very happy with my my giant robots. Uh, Interestingly, we went to see the World of Wonder exhibition in Liverpool last year. And it still looks very impressive. As they, they, they were quite impressed with that. They, it's all quite tall, and it's it still it looks quite sturdy. I know on screen when it's moving, it is a little bit a little bit clunky. I know that particularly the scene where they have to help it down the steps. Yeah, but, it's a bit it's a bit top heavy, isn't it? I think it's a bit. Mm. Um, and the the action figure is no exception. Some, it does. I'm I'm quite surprised it's managed to stay up. In in the time that we've um, we've been chatting, because um, it does sometimes have to take you have to sort of make sure it's at a certain angle. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's a fantastic design. It looks it looks impressive and it's tall and um, yeah, it's always been a favourite design of mine. So to have a, an action figure of it, even though I'm a man in his fifties, um, is is um, it's very sad. But I don't care. You're never too old for Doctor Who dollies. That's what I no. say. <laughs> there's, there's, what is? I mean, it's in that episode. The Doctor says there's no point in being grown up if you can't be childish. Sometimes, exactly. <laughs> and I, I, I was walking through B and M, um, and when when I because I went in every single day to see if I could get hold of the supreme dalek from remembrance. And when it was finally there, I grabbed it, and it and I, I as I was walking out, there was a gentleman next to me. Um, who was probably maybe a little bit older than myself, um, and he was walking with his partner, and we just kind of just glanced at each other, and there was just kind of this knowing look between us, you know. It's like, <laughs> yeah, we're Quick. both we're both doing it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, I think uh, if it brings joy to people, then you know, keep doing it. That's why, I say. yeah, keep collecting. Okay, so for your third and final subject or topic um you have chosen uh your one of your favorite comfort stories mm-hmm. which uh is is, is in, this one intrigues me um because uh it's uh it's a story that i enjoy um but i didn't enjoy it a lot up until just recently actually so uh, but i'll let you um i'll let you explain to the listeners what it is yeah well um one of my favorite comfort stories is the robots of death um and it's based purely on nostalgia value because it's one of the early video releases and I do remember buying it um in it was 1987 or 88 when it came out on 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 the on the budget releases because they they started out um coming out for about 25 pounds each it was like I can't afford that and my parents were like no we're not we're not forking out and then when they started coming out at a tenner each it's like okay well maybe we can get you this for christmas and your birthday and then you start I, I started doing a paper round and get my own money and I'd save up for them and um, and buy it and they the original releases sort of focused very much on the sort of early tom baker years um and that's so there's quite a lot of those stories are quite um, you know, quite among my favourites. This one, I think I, I really enjoyed because it was um, 
it was a story that sort of I had sort of vague memories of seeing. And I remember, and the, the book as well is quite, it's one of Terence Dix's briefest novelizations, but it's quite quick and, and quite snappy and, and well written. Um, I mean, the source matter as well is, is extremely well written. Um, Chris Boucher, I think, is a very, very good writer. Mm. And um, he's um, obviously sort of going in for a sort of like a sci-fi version of, um, you know, an Agatha Christie um, and then there were non-style um, sort of murder mystery. I mean, the murder mystery is kind of spoiled by the fact that it's called The Robots of Death, so um, <laughs> we know who done it quite quite early on. Uh-huh. But I think I think for for a, a, a series that was uh, you know a family with a family audience that would have needed to be fairly accessible for children, I think that's not a bad thing, mm. and it would. Um, you know, the, from right from the first murder with the guy, is it Chubb, who gets murdered? Um, yes. So th- it will then immediately put the younger elements of the audience on the back foot. So every time a, a robot appears, they would be going, okay, is this robot going to go mad? Is this gonna, robot going to start killing people? Is this robot's eyes going to go red? And it really would be quite unnerving for, for small children. I'd love to show this to my ch- to my kids, but I think they'd probably be traumatised. <laughs> uh, being from you know the, the you know the nineteen seventies, there are certain aspects of this story which I don't think you'd be able to get away with now in terms of violence and um, obviously Leela carrying a knife um, would be very much frowned upon. Leela wearing very little clothes would also, I imagine, be frowned upon too. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I and I know some fans hate it, but I do love that bit where she throws the throws the the her knife at the, the robot, and it makes that sure noise, which I think is quite funny. And it, it, it's it, obviously done deliberately to sort of maybe lessen the the, the horror impact of that story. Mm. Um, and I also love the way about the love the bit where where Louise says, "Oh, now you're just showing off." Um, <laughs> I, I love Louise Jameson. I think she's brilliant. She's one of the best actresses to play a companion. Yeah, she's um, fantastic. She's had such a wonderful career after Doctor Who, and rightly so, because she's so talented mm. um, and um, a lovely ambassador for the show, mm. too. And I've uh, had the privilege of meeting her. Just, just absolutely lovely. Um, follow her on Twitter as well, and um, very always has so much time for the fans. And I think she's very grateful for for Doctor Who and, um, you know, going on to things like Tenko and um, mm. Bergerac and EastEnders. And I think she's in Emmerdale at the moment, isn't she? Yes, I believe um, she is, yeah. Brilliant. And I know she and Tom didn't get on well, but I do love their interplay mm. um, in this episode, particularly in that scene in the TARDIS where, they're, where you know, she's she's got the yo-yo and then he's trying to explain to her the differences between, you know, relative dimensions and he shows her the two boxes and which is larger. Mm-hmm. It's very cleverly done, and you don't get any. There's no whiff of you know these two aren't people getting on, and the you know Tom's not happy with her and very uncomfortable with her and doesn't want her there, and he's missing Elizabeth Sladen, and or he doesn't think he needs a companion at all. There's no hint um, of it, is there? You don't no. you don't ever see that. I think some I, I may have listened to a podcast. Uh, well, I did listen to a podcast. I can't remember which podcast it was, but the, the, somebody hinted that there might have been a little bit of friction between them uh, in Image of the Fendal. But 
unless it's pointed out, I can't I can't see it personally. Um, on screen. No, mm, I can't. on screen, yeah, on screen. I know they had the the, the business in when they were making horror fang rock. Mm. Um he wasn't um hitting his mark on the right. He was going coming in too quickly and going into the the crew room too quickly and he wasn't doing what it had been rehearsed and she actually stopped the, step, stopped the take and said look this is not what we did this is not what we rehearsed can we go again I know this is unprofessional of me to say this but we need to do this properly because this is not what we've rehearsed and she does she did apologize to him and he said oh no that's all right love and then I think after that time they were they were fairly amicable with each other and I mean, I mean, they've done a lot of stuff with Big Finish, and they absolutely adore each other now, which is lovely. Yeah. Um, and um, you know, listening to some of those uh, Big Finish ones, particularly the one that lies at the end, it's quite a good one for them too. I know they're not in it all all the way through. Um, I I just really like this like this story. It really appealed to me as somebody who'd sort of grown up. My dad was a is a big Agatha Christie fan. He's got all her books. Um, and I remember being really freaked out by the um, the seventies uh, version of the film, and then there were none mm. with Oliver Reed, which is this is kind of a little bit based on. You can just imagine sort of little those little figures being in the crew room of the Sam Minor mm. and um, Toos or somebody coming in, and it's been snapped. You know, they've been snapped in half. It's it's um, for for nineteen seventies Doctor Who. It's nice to see. Uh, sort of a multiracial cast. You've got Zilda and um, Cass, who's played by um, Tarek Eunice. Um, so that's quite nice to see that um, it's it's a, a multicultural um, society. Uh, mm. It's so it's so well casted as well, isn't it? I mean, it's uh, the characters feel very real and very strong, and there's a there's a sense of the, these characters existed before the story starts, and mm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I've never really delved into the the, the spin-offs from this story because I, I think uh, BBV did a, a Caldor City spin-off. I think possibly, so, yeah. I, I, and obviously, Big Finish had done the robot series, and I've I've never gone any further other than this story. But they the the, the characters in the story feel like they were created for a specific show. You can imagine mm-hmm. a show based around these characters and Caldor city and the robots. And it just, it, it, it's, it's almost like it was, it, it was just things coming together and creating yeah. this perfect production. Mm-hmm. I, I was Russia. just going to, I was just going to say, I, I, I first saw this um, when it came out on video, it was a few years after it came on, came out on video and um, I was never keen on it to start with. I'm, I'm not sure why I was probably only, when did it come out? It was sort of like, mid to late 80s on video wasn't it so I I was maybe about seven or eight years old when I first saw it and I probably I I just seem to remember not really understanding it and not being keen on Leela because it was the first story that seemed Leela and I wasn't keen on her at the time and uh, it's only now kind of the 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 older I get the more I appreciate it and to the point now where it's absolutely one of my all-time favorites um, mm-hmm. It's right up there, but for some reason, as a kid, it never it never appealed to me. I, I'm not sure why that is. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe I just wasn't into to the story. I don't know. But it's definitely it's one of my favourites now. And every time I watch it, I find something new to to enjoy in it. Were you you weren't scared 
by the robots as a kid you weren't no i was i found them i found them creepy um i wasn't scared i was a bit confused over kind of the the body horror that that paul's um utter horror uh and his yeah. robophobia was uh I did. I, I didn't quite understand where that was coming from in the story. I, mean, I probably just wasn't paying to, uh, enough attention to it. To be fair, um, you know, and the the, the robots, uh, the, the hands bleeding as well um, in, in the scene. Um, but they didn't scare me. I I quite I quite like them. I I, I like the design. I still like the design. Um, and I loved D eighty four as well as a kid. So mm. you know, he was he was uh, he was probably my favorite bit of the story. Maybe it was a little bit too layered for me at the time. I think maybe it was a. I remember long scenes at the start of the episode with the with the you know the characters and discussing discussing things and it being quite you know kind of quick fire and you know they're all they're all talking and discuss and maybe it was just not capturing my attention at the time. It's interesting you mentioned about the you know the the characters of the, of the on the sand miner. It's almost like it's a series in its own right and. It, uh, that first episode, it, it does feel a little bit like the Doctor and Leela sort of guest starring in their series rather than the other way around. I mm. suppose you could look at that in that way because they are quite they're quite the focus of that first episode, the whole the, the crew, so you get to know them and they're very well written. I mean, I think I can see Chris Boucher's sort of influence on, Doctor, uh, on Blake Seven in this story. Yes, He's, I, I rate it. When I think of Blake Seven, I don't always think of Terry Nation. I do think of Chris Boucher because I think most of the episodes, the the best episodes of that series, are written by Chris Boucher and possibly not Terry Nation. Hmm. And he's very good at writing dialogue. They're very sort of snappy, sarcastic, caustic dialogue. You know, and uh, one of the favourites. Um, you know, you're you're a classic example of the inverse ratio between the size of the mouth and the size <laughs> of the brain. Um, it was sort of similar to the one he does he has in Image of the Fendel, where um, uh, uh, is it Adam Colby? Yes, he he says you you must you must think my head zips up at the back. Um, <laughs> some wonderful. I mean, he's 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 got the wonderful. I mean, he was a comedy writer, Chris Boucher. He mm. did start out writing sketches for people like um, Dave Allen. I understand. Mm. So. You know, when people go on about sort of comedy writers, I mean, people like Dennis Spooner and Terry Nation were also comedy writers before they did Doctor Who. Mm. Maybe comedy writers are the way to go. If we, you know, people going on about what's Richard Curtis doing writing Doctor Who and then we get an episode like Vincent and the Doctor. Mm. Um, but anyway, going back to Robots of Death, um, I, Russell Hunter was very much cast against type because I think... When Chris Boucher had written that car, the, the character of Yuvalov, he'd imagined sort of like a square-jawed sort of action hero captain. And then what you get is, a, you know, a five-foot-seven Scotsman who's famous for playing a, um, a rather sort of seedy character in um, the drama series, a police drama, Callan. Mm. He's always he just sort of a sort of investigator anyway. Um, so, and that's what he was famous for. So for him to turn up in this is quite quite unusual but he's really good i think he's very um yeah. he's he's scottish so occasionally his scottish accent comes in mm. slightly um but he's very very good and pamela salem is gorgeous in this um oh, yeah. and i think she's great in I, I love her in remembrance of the daleks as well but she's really um quite a strong character in this 
Um, and it's it's of all the characters as well as Paul, she's the one who it's you see the sort of the collapse of this society with with being dependent on robots, and then the robots turn bad. It's like the the, the her world is shattered. Mm. She's um, you know so when Leela comes to her rescue, it's quite. It, it's quite believable. It, it's not sort of like a you know stereotypical woman screaming for help. Her world's ended. Mm. This world that she's so used to, it's very decadent and dependent on robots, so she doesn't have to do any hard work really. Mm. Um, that's all gone, and it's 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 very well done. Mm. Uh, as you said about Paul with um, David Collins's character, and um, you know the robophobia. I, as a yeah, as as a as a teenager, I found that maybe a little bit over the top. Now, as an adult, it's quite creepy, quite yeah. freaky to be an adult losing control. Mm. Um, and he does it really, really well. I mean, the 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 the, the other characters which get bumped off. I mean, we got Brian Croucher, who's famous for being Travis in Blake Seven. You could argue it's he's quite. Travis, his his Travis is sort of a bit of a loudmouth sort of Cockney, like Borg is, and very sort of you know sort of bolshy and unpleasant. Mm. Uh, and David Bailey, who plays um, Dask, mm. uh, it's quite a it's a very measured performance. Um, it is a shame that they possibly do kind of give away who the well not the murderer, but who's who's the who's behind the robots. Yeah. Um, away a little bit too early but that's fine it's it's not it's it doesn't spoil your enjoyment um you could argue that up until sort of episode three you're not sure whether it's dusk or Yuvanov. you're pretty sure it's not too and obviously it's not going to be Paul because he's you know by this time he's crouched under a table you know gibbering a, a gibbering wreck mm-hmm. uh, some people complain about um tanya rogers who plays zilda um I think I don't think she's that I don't think she's as bad as a lot of people say. No, I um, think she's fine. And I think she's she's okay. But I, the you know, when she's screaming down the 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 intercom at at Yuvana, you you know, you murdering animal, you disgusting murdering animal, that sounds quite quite well done. And as you say, we've got D eighty four who's like a robotic Winnie the Pooh, you just want to cuddle him in and take him home. And I, I do remember watching this with my family, actually, watching watch it, watching it on, D, on, on video. And I, I remember my young, was that my younger sister or my twin sister, when D84 blows up, she's, oh, no, they've blown him up. She's really quite sad. Mm. Um, and it, it is quite sad. It is, it's, it's a very careful performance. It's not too cliché, but you really feel... When he says, "Oh, I have failed," you really feel sorry for him, and he, yeah. he works very well with with Tom's doctor. Yeah, I think I, I I would have I would have loved to have uh, to have seen him survive the story. I don't think he would have. I'd heard uh, talk before about people saying, "Oh, he would have been great as a companion." No, he probably wouldn't have been great as a companion because it probably would have <laughs> it, it probably would have got old very quickly. But um, as a, as it would have been nice yeah. for, to have seen him continue um, and survive to the end of the story or beyond the end of the story. So, but it is a very, it's a very, he's very sweet. I think, yes. yeah, very calm and uh, and again, the, the the robot design is just is, mm. is so beautiful and it's mm. so simple. It doesn't look stupid. You know, you get some sci-fi robot robots that just look 
absolutely ridiculous but there's something very there's something very it's very beautiful faces yeah um and it's very disturbing to see a, a human face kind of given a robotic look to it you know the robots are using our faces yeah you know, it's, it's, it's yeah mm. it's, it is unnerving yeah um but uh and they're also yeah they are very they're, they're very frightening as well you know it was the quite the quite the, in a similar way to the earlier cybermen they're quite calm and silent over how they do things you know they're not they're not kind of fast or anything this they're very sinister and and mm. i think that adds to their threat that yeah. you know they're very calm they're very calm about it all saying yeah saying dialogue that would normally be said quite um dramatically that is mm. an order you have to die it's mm. quite yeah it's really creepy isn't it it's yeah, yeah if you if you'd had a robot screeching that it wouldn't be half as half as effective as it's like being it's like being murdered by a robotic bank manager yeah. um <laughs> not that i've ever met my bank manager but yeah that's just how i, how I imagine it to sound the bank manager sort of you know or bank clerk you know it's sort of this very calm yes i am going to kill you now i'm going to strangle you mm. you have to die it's yeah it's that's it's very unnerving and yeah. it's and it's a robot saying it as well so it's kind of a, it's it's stating it as a fact that mm -hmm. You know, it's not. It's not. You know, Professor Zaroff saying, "Ah, I'm going to kill you now." Or you know, it's it's just very calmly, you're going to die. So, mm -hmm. but yeah, and, and and the design as well of the of the sand miner as well is just it's kind of got that Art Deco feel to it, hasn't mm -hmm. it? It's um, it's very different and it's very uh, very very beautiful. I think um, mm -hmm. I'm not sure who the designer was for this story. Um, I should, probably should have checked it when I was uh, when I was writing a couple of notes last night. But yeah. uh, I mean, the, the director's um, Michael Lee Bryan, who's Bryan, yeah. um, he did the Sea Devils, uh, which is one of my favourites. Then he did the Green Death. Oh, he also did um, Colony in Space as well. Mm. So he's uh, by this time he's he's a very sort of safe pair of hands. I know he some fans criticise um, Revenge of the Cybermen and. Death of the Daleks, apart from the music, Death of the Daleks, I love that one. Um, mm. And Revenge of the Cybermen is quite good as well. It's they're, they're, mm. they're good sort of solid meat and potato stories. They're nothing, nothing, um, you know, um, it, brilliant about them. But you know, particularly those two as well. Uh, they were part of the early video releases, and watching them all in one go, you know, it, it's quite a nice way to pass the time. Mm. I, part of me actually prefers them all edited together, mm, not having yes. to sort of zip, zip through the the, the credits. Um, I'd quite, I, I quite like the idea of having sort of feature length dot twos without the credits. Mm. I mean, I know that's how they were, you know, they how they were, um, uh, you know, they fans wanted them to be released as they were, you know, originally shown. But I think it's quite a nice. It, it's yeah, saves you a bit of time, doesn't it? Those early videos, it used to be I'd be at my at my dad's flat and we'd watch them on a on a Sunday afternoon and uh, you know Death of the Daleks, Day of the Daleks, uh, Revenge of the Cybermen. 
we'd uh, speared from space and we'd we'd sit and watch them and and it was like watching a little a little movie really um you know there was no and 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 uh, i used to enjoy playing the game of guess where the cliffhanger would have been you know because uh, sometimes it's not quite it's not all that obvious on some of those uh, some of those stories mm. uh, especially i think death to the dalek springs to mind with the uh, with the floor <laughs> Yeah, I don't think anyone. Yeah, you wouldn't have guessed at that being an end, an end um, to an episode. No. no, no, it's certainly a story that uh, that has definitely grown on me over time. And uh, what what is it that that? And forgive me if you if you mentioned it earlier on, but what is it that makes it a comfort story for you? I think I think it's that nostalgia value of of mm. having seen it quite early on, and it is a really good story. I think. Mm. I mean, it's not. It's a story that I'd be happy for, you know, if if people came in and I was watching it. Apart from maybe some of the the, the makeup might be a little bit laughable in this day and age. And I mean, Tusi's hat is a little bit when when they come on the the, the command deck and Tusi's wearing her bicycle wheel <laughs> hat and um, you know they've all got their their fancy helmet. You know, Yuvanos looks like a very ornate um christmas party hat doesn't it and uh it does, yeah so yeah the costumes might be a little bit ott a little bit sort of but it, it reflects the sort of the decadent nature of of um of what what that society is supposed to be like so it's quite quite yeah. effective yeah yeah i think um yeah apart from that i it's one of those stories that i think if you know you watched you showed it to a non-fan they they would want to know what happens at the end of episode one when you know when the doctor's stuck in the the, the hopper with the sand coming with the with the ore mm. coming down, um, and um, an episode three the cliffhanger with the doc with the, the the robot going kill the doctor and their hands going towards the script had towards the doctor and it fading out. Mm. They're, they're, you know, really good cliffhangers. Episode two is yeah, it's okay, you, but you by then you'd be wanting to know what what was happening and it's certainly in the day when it was shown i mean it was getting 12 13 million viewers that, that story yeah so it was really 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 popular yeah um, it, and that's without like the strike and i think i think that the, the figures the the viewing figures built as well throughout the story and i think mm. that's reflected in the well in the viewing figures because the story kind of maintains that intrigue and suspense and mystery and it keeps mm-hmm. building and building and it doesn't it doesn't let up. I don't think it's a, it's a very, very well-crafted and solid story. Um, so I, I mean, I only watched it a few months ago. Um, and, uh, it was again, like I say, every time I watch it, I find something new to, to enjoy in it. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I think you're right that it'd be one of, it'd be one of my picks to show somebody who'd never seen. Yeah old doctor who before it'd be one, mm-hmm. definitely up there one of probably my tom baker pick i would say possibly yeah. me i don't know i mean i've maybe maybe terror of the zygons actually um that might be a that might be a good story to show um but definitely robots of death would be would be up there mm-hmm. as uh yeah. as one of those stories yeah and it had absolutely. that wonderful video cover as well i i really i used to love that that that, oh yeah, with the multiple yeah. multiple robots. It's very very sort of simply done, but it, it like you say, it's very very effective. Mm. Um, yeah, 
and that that it was certainly the face. I know you, the picture though is the blue over the eyes to to cover for the for the CSO for yes. the red, you know, the red um, eye effect. But that's that doesn't that doesn't matter. It's it's still yeah. there's it's still a very good design. Mm. And I remember years later when we were watching, I think you remember watching Voyage of the Damned uh, at Christmas with my family. And my dad said, they've already done robots like this. <laughs> and he'd, remember, he'd obviously remembered watching it all those years, watching Robots of Death all those years ago. And I think, um, yeah, I, I, I seem to remember that he, he, if he had to watch Doctor Who, he would have watched Doctor Who with Tom Baker because he thought he was one of the best. He was he remembers watching William Hartnell back in the day and he said nobody beat beat William Hartnell but Tom Baker was quite good and um, mm. he'd be quite happy to watch those mm, uh, yeah it's um yeah it's a a real comfort story that I can you know that rainy Sunday afternoon I'd, I'd quite like to get the kids to watch and, yeah. and it would have to be in the afternoon rather than the evening I don't th- I think it, they would be too tra- too traumatized <laughs> I mean there are some things like I said um, the strangulation aspect of it, I, I don't think you'd be able to get away with now, would you? Really, um, it's quite, quite graphic. And I know Mary Whitehouse complained that saying that she, a friend of hers, her son, had said that um, you know they she'd caught her son strangling her his younger brother because they'd seen it in Doctor Who. I mean, I, I yeah, I yeah. don't think they would have gone that far. You 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 would watch these things and. You know, I think the violence is that they're very fairly responsible with most of the violence. Watching as a dad now, yeah, there are possibly a couple of episodes where I'd be a bit careful about showing them to my children. Mm. Uh, there's this this age-old um, argument about whether Doctor Who is, um, you know, suitable for kids, and uh, you know, Verity Lambert they showed an interview last week on Twitter, was, uh, the BBC archive um, Twitter feed, and she was saying that she'd, the, the original um, uh, proposal for the show was to for, to, for a show for eight to 14-year-olds. Mm. And then, you know, a few weeks ago, we had Russell D. Davis saying that the show is, um, you know, really suitable for eight children, children of eight and over. Mm. So, of course, that was deliberately misinterpreted by the by the press as saying, "Oh, it's, it, Doctor Who is not suitable for children." Yeah. Yes, it is. It's not suitable for very small children. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, my my children have watched some of the older older ones. They seem to prefer the older ones. I mean, so like Remembrance of the Daleks is a big favourite. Mm. Um, we did watch New Earth, which was quite interesting. Um, <laughs> they, they quite enjoyed that, but uh, yeah, I, um. Yeah, I'm, I, I'd be quite interesting to see, be quite interesting to see their reaction to this. Um, yeah. And my wife, she's seen some. She's more sort of modern Doctor Who fan. We've seen a, a few some of the old episodes with uh, together, but uh, yeah, I think this would be one to watch for, with her as well. So definitely give it a go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we mentioned D- Dudley Simpson earlier on, didn't we? Oh yes, we um, did. Yeah. Fury from the Deep, and this is a really that that heartbeat. Mm. Um, motif that he does with his with the music in this is really really very effective um yeah so it's um it's a good dudley simpson um story as well um yeah the design the the the, the effects the the sound minor models quite good one as well yeah it's quite yeah quite the model good. works really good you know that the uh 
it's it just it just looks really well made it's um and shot on film as well which as most of the the model work was back in those days you ne- you never get the sense of it being a a, a cheap plastic model you know you, no. you you and whether that's because we're so used to watching it from the time of when we were children and we you know it's kind of it, it exists in that kind of little nostalgic bubble i don't know but it's it, it does look very good it does yeah. look very good. Yeah. Yeah. And the scene that always sticks out for me in the, in the uh, story is um, when one of the robots is lying down on the on the uh, the table and it's got the thing stuck in its head and its hands are moving and it's it's yeah. saying priority red, priority red. Yeah. And that yeah. is the I, when I watched it a few months ago, I was like, that's really scary. That is really a, a really disturbing it image. Like it's in distress and with the hands like that, it does sound like it's in distress. Yeah. 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 It's just a, it's just little scenes that stick stick in my memory. Okay, Daniel. So that brings us to the end of your selection. And uh, did you have you enjoyed yourself? I, I have indeed. Thanks, Jim. Yeah, it's been great fun chatting with you this evening. Yeah, I'm pleased. Uh, nobody's nobody's yet told me that they haven't enjoyed it. So <laughs> I hope I'm doing doing the right thing here. <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, I, it's um, talking about Doctor Who to anyone. Um, but yeah, it's been great talking to you. Thank you. Yeah. No, no. Um, yeah, so I really enjoyed it. Thank you. I'm, 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 uh, I'm again. I'm uh, delighted that you agreed to come on to the podcast, and uh, I'd, uh, I'd be delighted if you were able to come back on again um, in the future as well. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, fantastic. Okay, so that just leaves me to ask where people can find you on social media. Okay, so I'm on um, Twitter or X, as we have to call it now, um, at Daniel Knight seventy three. I'm also on Blue Sky, but I haven't really done much on there. I've, I've um, put um, a couple of uh, posts, a few posts on there with the blog that I did for the um, 60th anniversary. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a blog that I've got called um, Days Like Crazy Paving, which is the quote from Dragonfire. And I've done my 60 favourite stories with the, with the, under the title, Things I've Learned from My Favourite Doctor Who Stories. Um, and they're favourites rather than best ones. So there might be some stories in there that you might be thinking, what would you include that one? Um, um, I won't say which is the top story. But you can enjoy it and find out for, your, for yourselves. But uh, it was it was good fun doing it. I, I enjoyed writing it. And uh, I'm going to try and do a few more sort of entries, not just leave us at that. But uh, I've been busy with something with lots of things at work at the moment. So just needed to have a bit of a break. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll probably do a review of the Star Beast um, in the next yeah. few days as well. Well, I'll, I'll I'll definitely put a put a link out um, onto the uh, onto the pod actual episode details um, to your blog if you're happy with me doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. thank you. Okay. Yeah. By the time this episode goes out, we should be uh, we should have seen Shooty Gatwa as the fifteenth Doctor. Yeah. So mm. um, I uh, I hope everybody's enjoyed that, and um, I'll be looking forward to uh, getting people's reactions uh, as I record some future episodes as well. So, are you looking forward to to seeing Shooty? I am. Yeah, I've mm-hmm. I've not really seen him. I've not I've not seen um, Sex Education. No. So I'm a bit like um, Jody when um, broad. I keep saying say Broad Chalk. That's a place. It that's a village near Salisbury. Broad Church. Um, I didn't watch that either. So coming to her, her fresh. Same with Shooty. Um, I have seen him. He was in the uh, Rotten Romans films. 
uh, the, the horrible histories um, Rotten Romans film, and um, so and that was quite fun. I quite enjoyed that. You obviously, see, see the, um, the the level that I'm at, um, but we watched <laughs> with the kids as well. So yeah, I'm looking forward to to shooting and uh, Millie Gibson as well, mm. and also Mel coming back. Um, yeah. Never would have guessed Bonnie Langford coming back. No. Um, and I think there's a rumour she might be in the Christmas special. I don't know. We I might know so. by the time it comes out. Be I great. So. Yeah. But it, it, she, she's she's one of those characters that has uh, that see put uh, another another part of the series that people have seemed to be reevaluating Mel these yeah. days. And uh, I've always, uh, you know, I don't I don't want to jump on the the bandwagon and say oh, I've always liked Mel, but I've always I've always enjoyed her as a character and I mainly through her big finish stories that she's done, but she's a, you know, she's a fantastic actress and, uh, and yeah, I can't wait to see Mel again. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay. So that brings me to the end of the episode. Uh, it just leaves me to say, um, have a good night uh, or day or morning or whenever you're listening to this podcast, if you want to appear on it, uh, I'll be recording with some more people in the new year. So I will still get round to all of those people who I haven't yet contacted, I promise. Um, I was slightly overwhelmed by the amount of people who said they wanted to be on it, but I will get round to everybody. So if you are interested, send me a DM or comment on the uh, on the post on Twitter and Blue Sky and Facebook, if you've got me on Facebook. Um, but for now, have a good day and uh, we'll speak to you again soon. Goodbye. Mm-hmm.